Good morning. I'd like to start with an update of the rapture. Wow, it's Mother's Day and you're talking about rapture? How do you know? How, how many of you know about the rapture? Okay. Wow. The rapture, if you're new to this, is about the second coming of Christ. The scriptures is very clear that Christ will come again. He left. He ascended into heaven. But he said, I'm coming back. And in that day, that will signal the beginning of the end. Meaning, the end of this age is going to start to end when the second coming comes. And as pastors, we get updates okay, about the rapture. Okay? And this is what it says. This part is still the original, but there is an update. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a mighty shout and with a soul-steering cry of the archangel. Can you picture it? And the great trumpet call of God. And the believers who are dead will be the first to rise to meet the Lord. So there will be the resurrection from the dead. All the dead will rise. And then what's next? According to the original version. All of the believers who are alive, right? Will be caught up in the heavens to meet the Lord. Are you excited about that? Yeah. Wow, only the believers, all right? But there's been an update. And the update is this. Then all the mothers who are still alive on earth will be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and remain with him forever. And then, wow, okay. But all the fathers and the children will remain on earth by themselves to pay for their lack of appreciation for their mothers. Okay. Hey, guys, I just made that up, okay? If only to really bring out the importance of appreciating mothers. Happy Mother's Day. I don't want to be staying behind, guys. So I need to appreciate mothers. Allow us to honor you and appreciate you today because we want to be part of the rapture. <laughs> we, want to be, we don't want to be left behind. And um, uh, I just want to really appreciate you because you moms bring a lot of blessings upon blessings in this world. I can't imagine this world, really, without you guys. So father and children, can you really imagine world and life without mom? This is the picture of your world without mothers, okay? You'll be surrounded by clowns, problems, and everyone else. Okay, so appreciate moms because they have done so much to make this world a better place. Amen, children? Right? Your world is much, much better because of mom. But you know what? Research indicates there's a lot of stress that's going on with mothers today. Research shows that U.S. moms are stressed out and tired. Look at you, you're still smiling, mom. But the research indicates that U.S. moms are stressed out and tired. Really, I'll show you some numbers. 62% says that they have no balance at home. And 80% of the moms says they're stressed out. 70% says they're tired. And 58% says they're overcommitted. And, you know, we recognize what you're going through. So today, 
relax. We want to honor you for what you're doing. Amen? Amen. 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 Right. So, happy Mother's Day again. And today, we have a very special topic. And I would like you to stay awake. Okay? Bawal ito. Okay? Yung mga tulog dyan. Okay? If you see someone looking like this, as if he's praying and concentrating, wake him up. Okay? Because we have a very important topic today. Did you get me? Someone asked, <clears throat> what's the color of the eyes of your pastor? And then someone said, oh, nga, no? somebody said, you know what? I don't know. Because when my, pastor, when my pastor prays, he closes his eyes like that. Okay? And when he starts to preach, I close my eyes. <laughs> Mommy, you know, you're very happy, huh? So, when I start to preach and somebody starts to close their eyes, Claude, can you please do that to my son up there, okay? Just wake him up. All right. Mothers are great. Do you agree? Say amen to that. Amen. Mothers are great. So, moms, we love you and thank God for you. Actually, your, your natural ability to nurture your children to be great has made this world a better place. Seriously, without you, we can't imagine how bad this world will be. It is bad as it is, really, because, because of what's happening today in the world. But without you, moms, I can't imagine this world. Can you imagine if the mothers of your pastor did not give birth to your pastors? Can you imagine a world without Pastor In Song? Pastor Reggie? Me? Guys, without us, you only have George. And George. And George. Oh, man. Can you imagine if our mother-in-law our mothers-in-law did not give birth to our beautiful spouses? Golly! Pastor Insong, Pastor Reggie, oh, you will only have Mother Junisha available. <laughs> Abay, ewan ko na ano mangyayari sa atin if not for the mothers. I don't know with you. Can you live with George? George? Oh, si Peter na lang kaya kung gusto nyo. I'm just... Guys, I'm just kidding. I'm just trying to make this really light. And I want you to appreciate moms. Can we all rise for scriptures? I want to talk about a mother today. A mother who is naturally great. But that's not just the plan of God. The plan of God is to make mothers the greatest. So let's take a look at scriptures. In Matthew chapter 20, 20 to 28, we will meet a mother. And let's see what Jesus has to say about this mom. Let's read together, please. Then,
They said to him, We are able. He said to them, My cup you shall drink, but to sit on my right and on my left, this is not mine to give, but it's for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. And hearing this, the ten became indignant with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and a great man exercised authority over them. It is not in this way among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. And just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, to give his life a ransom for many. Let us pray. Lord, um, we pray that you just uh, bless our time together now. I pray that you will give us an idea of how really, really, really special the mothers are in this world. And for us not to take that for granted, O Lord, help us to honor them today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Mothers, mothers are great. Amen? Mothers are great. So if they're great, I'd like all the mothers here to please stand up, okay? All the mothers, please stand up. If you're a mother, please stand up. There you go. And we're not only talking about, I'm not only talking about spiritual, oh sorry, physical mothers, but if you are, a spiritual mother, meaning you're discipling someone, you're single, I also would like you to stand up. Okay, if you're discipling someone. <laughs> Not you. Right, so, you know, we just want to let you know that you are great and we appreciate you. And I think we have a gift for you, right? Um, so, as you are standing, somebody, some of the people here will be giving you gifts. Okay, these are not really expensive, but they're special from um, CCF and would like you to appreciate it. And as the gifts are being given, uh, all of us, I'd like us all to stand up again and let's pray for this mother, okay? Extend your hands to the mother beside you so that we can really, really, really pray for them. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, once more, we just want to acknowledge, Lord, the mothers who are here, standing up with us. You know who they are. Lord, um, including the spiritual mothers who are discipling people, because in the truest sense of the word, they are mothers. Also, we remember the mothers who are not here, our mothers in the Philippines, or even the mothers, Lord, who passed away already, we remember them because, Lord, we acknowledge that if it had not been for them and the mothers standing here right now, we, we, we don't know where we will be. But because of what they have done, their sacrifice, their selfless love, their commitment, to their children and to their family, Lord, we are where we are. So today, we just pray that you just, Lord, uphold them, protect them, guard them, bless them, give the desires of their heart, O oh God. 
give them, Lord, what they deserve because they are such Christ-like people in many ways. So, Lord, we just commit them to you. We honor them this morning for they are truly great mothers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. and amen. Please be seated. Mothers are great. So, you know, all of you, all of you, children, and even fathers included, if mothers are great, I'd like to challenge you, okay? Get a piece, get, get a ball pen and write something. Mothers are great because, okay, get, 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 a, get a ball pen, those of you children. Use the, use the bulletin, okay? There's a bulletin there. And then write something because I want you to share that later to your mom, okay? Mothers are great because, fill in the blanks. Mothers are great because they are really special. Now, seriously, try to complete that, and I want you to share that with your mom later. Mothers. Mothers. They are really, really special. My name is six letters. The first letter is M. I pick up things. What am I? Answer? Mother magnet. <laughs> no, really, really. This, this test was given. I learned this joke from Nat. This test was given to students uh, after the teacher lectured on, magnet, on, on a magnet. And the following day, he gave a test. And he asked this question. And you know the answer? 50% answered mothers. Okay, it's amazing, huh? Wonderful. So can you really imagine a world without moms? I can't. I really can't. You know, did you know that there are three stages of motherhood? Really? Yeah, three stages of motherhood. The first one is the young, okay? So young mothers, where are you? These are the young mothers. I can see a lot of young mothers here. Okay? The second... Jenny and Joam, you're not included, okay? <laughs> and then the middle age, mom, okay? Right. Oh, somebody said, ako yan, ako yan. No, 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 you're not. This is you, that you're looking fine, mom, okay? The older people. So the older people are all here, I think, okay? <laughs> right. So, but nonetheless, whatever stage you are, we appreciate you, okay? They say that mothers are pretty much like Spider-Man, okay? They... They swing from one activity to another. You agree? Yes. You know, they can do, they can do, they are multitaskers, right? They can do many things at the same time. Did you know that mothers can cook and can take care of the baby and can answer a phone call at the same time? Yeah, you know, mothers, we really appreciate you because you are amazing. You know, my wife did not allow me to say this message without putting this. She said, why don't you include this in your message? Let's define a mother, sabi niya. A mother, ang haba, honey. Okay, sabi ko, so, lagay mo dyan. Sabi niya ganun. She's a wife, mother, friend, housekeeper, just ko, haba, interior decorator, laundress, gourmet chef, short order cook, chauffeur, painter, wallpaper hanger, seamstress, nurse, guidance counselor, internal affairs CEO, hmm, financial planner, travel agent, administrator, ang dami nito, honey, tutor, spiritual, advisor, dietitian, and that's not the end of it yet. 
lecturer, librarian, fashion coordinator, private investigator, chin reader, manicurist, pedicurist, landscaper, hairstylist, psychologist, plumber, computer, programmer, automobile maintenance expert? Really? Referee, gift purchasing agent for both sides of the family. She may not get a salary, but the fringe benefits are invaluable. Hugs, kisses, and buckets of love. Again, naturally, mothers are great. Naturally, mothers are great. Just natural for them to want the best for their children in this critical and competitive world. Do you agree? Yes. You know, you know, you know moms are just so, they're just so directed towards really taking care, being sure that their children will do well in this world. Okay? And it's just so amazing, a mother's love. This morning, I would like to call on mothers, you know, to just to share with us what does it mean to be a mom in their own special way. I, would, I, I will have three sharers today, okay? And um, if, if, if they're doing it too long, I will close the message, okay? <laughs> but it's fine. Uh, I think it's better for us to hear them. I'd like to start with Mayi Mendoza, okay? Mayi. Let's go. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day to all moms up there. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. We all have desires in our heart. And some of us are still waiting on those desires to come to fruition. I had a desire for so long in my heart that while in a season of waiting, Psalm 37 verse 4 had been the source of my inspiration and encouragement. As some of you may know, I waited for a long time for the moment to be finally called mom. Being married for 20 years now, Having a child became an obsession for me for many, many years. I had so many plans and dreams, thought of the perfect name for a baby boy or a baby girl. I dreamt of how I would decorate a nursery, carefully plan to find a good and trusted babysitter in the neighborhood, take the kids to Sunday school, etc. But those dreams and plans were not meant to be. Looking back, I remember how we spent so many years going to fertility doctors and doing all kinds of tests, but after several failed attempts with no clear results, I realized that God's plan was different from mine. It was frustrating and devastating at first, and I remember dragging myself to church every Mother's Day long time ago, for I know it, it will only mean smiling in the outside but crying in the inside. But because of God's amazing love and faithfulness, he helped me to focus on his blessings and not on myself. And as I stopped focusing on myself and my plans to start my own family, he made me see clearly all the blessings that he had already given me. One of the things that he made me realize is how blessed I already am for having a huge family. Coming from a family of nine children, 
with 23 nephews and nieces, that is a great blessing indeed. I also realized that not having our own children permitted us to help some of my nephews and nieces financially so that they can finish their education and earn a degree in the Philippines. As God opened my eyes and revealed his plans, I began to rejoice over the family that I already have, as well as the blessing of being able to serve in the youth ministry from my previous church. At this church, God called me to serve in the youth ministry for over 10 years, which gave me tremendous blessings and has been the great years of my life. Seeing the youth grow in the Lord and witness them achieve their accomplishments made me one proud parent. During this time, I know God was using the youth as his instrument to fill the desire of my heart. When my brother, who is the eldest in the family, passed away nine years ago, it was a painful moment for us, but little did I know that God will use this trial to fulfill his plans for me. I kind of remember... Um, what Leilin sang a while ago about uh, God using trials in our life, using it as a, a blessing for his mercies. More than two years ago, God finally answered our prayers. I became a mother to a teenage girl who recently turned 18. Sophia, or Pia, as she is known to many, is a great blessing, and she may not be born from me, but she is definitely born from God. I've experienced many blessings in life, but nothing compares to the bless blessing of being a mother. I realize that whether your child is born from you or by God, motherhood is the hardest yet the most rewarding job you could ever have. My life transformed immediately, everything changed. Suddenly there's something bigger and more important in my own life. I feel responsible for forming and shaping and teaching another human being. It is a huge responsibility and one that should not be taken lightly. I constantly pray and ask God for his guidance in this, that I may be able to show Pia the kind of love that he showed us, but most especially that I may guide her according to God's teachings. Being a mother is indeed an honor and amazing privilege. I am thankful to God for allowing me to experience this wonderful blessing. In spite of the long and fulfilled desire to become a mother, I understand that God has a divine purpose for everything that happens in our life. Our relationship with God is more important and should bring joy, contentment, and pleasure than any other relationship, situation, or material possession you have. My prayer for all of us is that no matter where we are in our lives and how long we may be waiting for God to answer our prayers, that we will always delight in the Lord and that his name will always be glorified. He alone deserves it. To God be the glory. Amen. And um, the next one is another mother. We want to call on Wilma, Wilma Salcedo. Ko. <laughs> na, na ambulansa sa labas. Oh, magandang umaga po sa lahat. 
Happy Mother's Day. Um, it is by God's grace. That's my title of my testimony right now, uh, today. When we were young, it was the greatness of certain people that inspired and motivated us to be somebody when we grow up. That person could be your te uh, kindergarten teacher, the, pres the president of the United States, or your pastor. <laughs> um, for me, it was my mother. It, it, for me, it was my mother that motivated me to strive harder to be what I wanted to be. She was a simple woman who was tested by fate all her life. From her childhood, she had to work harder than anyone else in order to survive. As the eldest of the family, she had to take care of seven of her younger siblings. When she got married, after my dad got into a car accident, uh, and became disabled, she had to support and take care of me and my five brothers and sisters. Despite of these ordeals, she remained strong and never lost hope. At a young age, I could not understand what's going on. I asked God, why? Why, why my mother need to suffer? What gave her hope and strength? What gave her the reason to go on? It did not become clear to me until I became a believer. Um, Hebrew chapter five, verse eight says, Jesus is God's own son, but still he had to suffer before he could learn what it really means to obey. It did not feel that God was there when we were in the midst of hardship, but my mother did. During her hardship, my mother was never alone. God was always with her. It was God's grace that helped my mother fulfill her duties despite the emotional and physical hardship that she went through. When my mother was in coma, I asked God to extend her life in exchange for my singleness. However, God has a different plan for me. He wanted me to experience the greatness of being a mother. When I became a mother, it gave me a motivation to change for the better and exemplify good Christian values to my children. I cannot say that life is easy. I had my share of life's challenges, but I drew inspiration from my mom, her faith and God's unending grace. I believe that, God's, that through God's grace, I was given wisdom and strength to keep a happy and God-fearing family. It is by God's grace that I am able to wake up early in the morning despite lack of sleep to prepare, for, to prepare for the daily needs of my daughters. It is by God's grace that I get to work safely every day despite pressures against time and traffic. It is by God's grace that I'm able to juggle work and family life day in, day in and day out. It is by God's grace that I'm blessed with two loving and God-fearing daughters. It is by God's grace that I was able to fill in and do the things that my husband can while he is away from us. It is by God's grace that we were brought here in CCFLA to lead us to Christ-likeness. Thank you, Pastor. And it is by God's grace that I'm standing here today to give honor to our Lord for his loving grace. It is by God's grace that I become what I wanted to be not as an auditor, nor as an accountant. I am Wilma Salcedo, and I'm a mother. Woo! Awesome.
Not but at least we will have another mother. Um, uh, Ella, are you here? Oh, there you go. Okay, Ella, please come forward. Ella is the lovely wife of Bobby. Okay. <laughs> and the mother of those handsome boys there. Okay. Um, good morning. Um, it's Mother's Day. We hear a lot of people saying, I love my mom because of this and that. I would say, I love my mom in spite of. I didn't realize it until I became a mom myself. I hope my kids will also say that as well. I've been a mom for 18 years. It's a tough job, but the most rewarding of all careers. It doesn't cost me a fortune, but gives me an incomparable joy. Each family is unique, but there's one common strategy every parent needs to apply as they launch their child to the future. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. It has been said that it is better to build a boy when they are young than to repair a man or a girl to a woman. But how can we do that? For our part, we started them young. We brought them to church. We listened to Christian music in the car. We prayed together as a family, and we were transparent with them. They knew our deepest problems and difficulties. They knew if we didn't have money, they, knew, they also knew of my fear of getting laid off a couple of years ago, my husband without a job last year, and so on. When my eldest son was in fifth grade, I told them that we had to pay $1,700 to the apartment owner because of moving out Sorry. penalties. And we didn't have the money that time. One day, I saw this envelope inside my purse with $21 bills. I asked where the money came from, and my son said, Mom, I sold cartoon strips to my classmates, and they paid me $1 for each. This is for the money we owe for the apartment owner. It broke my heart. Their training was as natural as the activities of our day. They see how we handle difficulties and the daily grinds of life. Not only but what you say, but more importantly, by what you do. In 1 Corinthians 10.31, it says there, So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. They always hear this verse from their father, and we try our best to show it. We had invested in musical instruments because we knew someday they could serve the Lord with our talents. It is important for them to know that they are being prepared for the ministry, which is their act of worship. We are also supportive about the things they are passionate about, like rock climbing and other things. We also found quality time in the quantity of time we spent with them. We have never missed band performances, soccer games, tennis games, awards nights, spelling bees, open house, and etc. Showing them that you care for their friends is also a way of showing them that you love them. We kiss them each morning they wake up, hug them for a good job, kiss them goodnight, or just talk to them just about anything, even when it's just a drive home. They were very special, those drives home. Just being there for your son is also a way to show them that you care. When my youngest son auditioned for a chair in the band, he was the youngest and with the least experience. When the rejection letter came, it was heartbreaking and for me to give the news to my son. We cried together that day, but the very next year, he became the first chair. It has been said that rules without relationship will produce rebellion. In Hebrews, whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son he receives. 
Corrective discipline expresses love, and if done righteously, it produces fruit. We had our own share of hurts. It is not easy to correct someone you love, but with God's guidance and help, we have managed. It is most difficult for me to see my worst attitude in my kids. Then I began appreciating my husband for how he responds to me during my most unlovable times, because he does it selflessly. It becomes a humbling experience for me. I have since learned that to love him is the best gift I could ever give my children. A couple of days ago, we were deciding which college my eldest was going to. I have my preference and my son had his. I knew he wanted to go to the other school, but we wanted him to go to the school close to home. When I was his age, I would decide for myself and wouldn't listen to whatever my parents had to say. I told him the advantages and disadvantages. In the end, he asked, Mom, where do you, but Mom, where do you want me to go? I told him that it is not the school nor the ability that makes you a better person. It is Jesus who lives inside of you that makes you the best person. Mm -hmm. As I strive to be a better mother, I have also asked myself how I have been as a daughter. I have realized how much my mom has also given to me selflessly and haven't even thanked her enough for all her sacrifices. This is the day we can thank them for all their selfless sacrifices. 100 years from now, it will not matter what kind of car you drove or what clothes you wear or if you have the latest phone. What's important is that you've made a difference in the life of a child. I'd like to call on one of the sons to say how he feels about his mom. I, di I didn't cry. That's right. <laughs> M mine's not as long. Um, so <laughs> okay. Uh, there's always a person in one's life who can bring you from your lowest of lows and turn them into the peaks of your life. For some, that may be a husband or a wife, a best friend, a grandma or grandpa, or other family members and relatives. Well, in my case, I'm not old enough for a wife yet, so that's out of the equation. My grandma and grandpa are in the Philippines, so I guess that's gone. A best friend? I have two, but we're all graduating soon and they're moving away for college. But there's one more person in my life that has pulled me along the way, and even dragged me along at times. As I've grown older, and as I still grow, I've begun to think more independently of myself, and at times I get carried away. My mom seems to be able to cure that independent and rebellious nature by simply being herself reminding me of everything she's taught me even while I was young. My mom has been my anchor in various parts of my life, especially in my academics. Even when I fail to perform from my point of view, she's right there by my side, checking up on me and asking if she could help in any way, even if the information was foreign to her. What I really appreciate is how my parents have raised me. Just, to, just as God does not hesitate to take away the things that are bad for us, my parents aren't afraid to, take, to make the difficult decisions for me despite how much I would prefer something else. I'm really glad they raised me the way they did because it's allowed me to understand their point of view better, despite how much I may protest, protest against it. If there was a love on this earth that could even describe a fraction of the love of the creator, it would be that of a mother's love towards her children. Even so, a mother isn't perfect and neither are her children, but my mom does her best to model her life after Christ. People say that, children, uh, people say that in children, some things are caught rather than taught. My mom didn't have to tell me that I should try to mimic Jesus because I had, I had already caught that from her when I was young. My mom, was, my mom has sacrificed so much for me, and the simple notion of her thanking me for helping her send documents or scan papers is enough.
Thank you. That's bien. Perspective from a son on how a mom is. Naturally, mothers are great. It's natural for them to want the best for their children in this critical and competitive world. You agree? And you moms are like that, whether you like it or not. There was a new mom who told this story. You know, she said, I've, I've been very upset because I just gave birth, and my doctor released me from the hospital only two days after my baby was born because my mother would be there to help me. I had been home only about an hour when the doorbell rang. Our neighbor's 13-year-old son was standing outside, and he said, can I see your baby? Okay. Can you imagine the picture? So the mother, who's just you know two days old after the pregnancy, opened the door and um, in rushed the boy. And uh, she said, what could I say? Sure, come in. As he peered into the crib, he sucked he sucked in his breath through his teeth and said, wow, he's, he's, he, he, he saw these pictures. He said, wow, okay, sure looks funny, doesn't he? All red and wrinkled like an old man. And he said, hey, you. So he poked his finger inside you know, the hand of the, bo the baby and said, um, he sure isn't very good looking, is he, okay? You know, here's this 13-year-old boy criticizing the baby. If you were the mother, he said, he was standing there, he wanted to really, you know, okay? but he strangled and he just controlled herself and, you know, he, he just controlled himself and, and he said, you know, give him a chance. Someday he'll be better. You know, that is the reaction of the mom. And on the side, the grandmother was looking at the mom, and the grandmother said to the mother, it's difficult, isn't it? He said, the mom said, what's difficult? It's difficult when, when someone criticizes your kid. And, and the mom said, it's just the beginning. The world is so competitive and critical, and you will have many more of this to come. And mothers, you're there. You're there to protect your children in the environment like this. You know, it's no different from this mother that we read in scriptures. This mother is Mrs. Sebedee, okay? I call her Mrs. Sebedee. And, and uh, if we read scriptures, he said, then the mother of the sons of Sebedee came to Jesus with her, saying, bringing, kneeling down and making a request. And he made this request to Jesus. He said, command that in your kingdom, these two sons of mine may sit one on the right and one on your left. And then Jesus, you know, simply listened to it and understood where the mother was coming from. From a mother's perspective, it is a great desire and a request, isn't it? But if you, at first glance, you would, you would say, what is this mother asking? You know, she's too presumptuous. Can you imagine asking this from Jesus? Hey, Jesus, I want my two sons, okay? When you take over this kingdom, I want my son on your left and on your right. Now, if you're looking from the outside looking in, wouldn't you say that this mother is kind of presumptuous? You know, but actually, in reality, Jesus understood the heart of that mother. 
Mothers naturally want the best for their children. Yes or no? You know, especially during that time when they were existing, okay, they were under the Roman rule. There was a lot of oppression, right? And here comes Jesus, the mother, Mrs. Zebedee, knew exactly who this Jesus is. He's going to be the Messiah. He's going to be the new king. He's going to establish a new kingdom. And if this person is Jesus, and I know Jesus personally, I might as well ask Jesus a favor. That's why he came down. He knelt, she knelt down. And that's a good sign, meaning she was praying. While she was praying for her kids, right, she was ready to ask for a favor. And that favor was what? Jesus, please give my children the position, one on the left and one on the right. It was very natural for mothers to do that. You know why? Because, sorry, Mrs. Zebedee was a great mom, actually, typically, and naturally. She knew whom to approach to get what is great for her boys. You must agree. Like every great mom, she prays for her boys and regards them highly to dream great dreams for them. And I think if you're a mom sitting here, you can relate to that. You, you, you picture your children becoming great in this, in this very competitive world. And you hate it if they're set back, right? You know, you don't like that, right, Bonnet? You only want the best for your kids. And Mrs. Seventy was no different. And he would not accept any attacks or criticisms of her boys who are doing just fine as part of the inner circle of Jesus. Okay? Salome, or Mrs. Zebedee, is actually the aunt of Jesus. And uh, James and John are the cousins of Jesus. And he was in the inner circle. So what's wrong for the auntie to ask for a favor? Nothing wrong with that. So why not go all the way to ask Jesus directly for a favor, granting positions for success for her boys? Every great mom will do that. Say amen to that. Amen. You know, so there's, no, there's nothing wrong with her request. Um, Jesus actually, you know, personally understood her heart. She just wanted, um, 70, Mrs. Sebedee just wanted only the best for her children. But like other moms, more often than not, they are so selfish and they do not know what they're asking for or saying most of the time. You know, I don't mean to, you know, um, I guess uh, be offensive here, but moms are moms. They just want to do it for their kids, okay? Let's imagine, for example, this, this, this picture, uh, Mona Lisa, okay? Can you imagine what the mother of Mona Lisa said, okay? She said, after all the money your father and your mother spent, I and your father spent on braces, Mona, that's the biggest smile you can give us, okay? That's what the mother of Mona Lisa said, okay? What about, what about this, okay? You know, Michelangelo, you know, was a great painter and he painted on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, okay? He painted the creation and all of the other things. And you know what the mother of Michelangelo said? Mike, Mike, there you go again, Mike. Can't you, can't you paint walls? Can't you paint on walls like other children? Do you have any idea how hard it, how hard it is to get that stuff off the ceiling? Right? They're just mothers, aren't they? Okay? What about this? Okay, Columbus reaches the new world. Okay? Here is the mother of uh, Columbus saying, I don't care what you've discovered, Christopher you still could not have, you still could have written, you know, sabi niya, from wherever he is. What about this? The mother of 
Jonah. What happened to Jonah? He ran away from God, okay, and then the whale swallowed him for three days, and then the whale just regurgitated him, and then he went home. And here's what the mother of Jonah said. That's a nice story, but now tell me, where have you really been for the last three days? <laughs> you know, really, really, mothers have, you know, sometimes crazy requests. And here's another request from Abigail, the mother of Mochi, you know? You know, Abigail is not here. I think she's still, you know, Mochi, okay? She, uh, what's her name? Annika. Annika, okay? And, she, you know, what she, when we visited her, what she did was she gave the baby, so small, two days old, I think, to me, all right? And that's the picture, okay? Can my baby be held in the arms of her pogi lolo, pastor? Oh, <laughs> Thinking as if, you know, if I hold the baby, something good will happen to the baby. No, I'm just joking. I actually just wanted to show you that Abby gave birth, and if you can visit her, okay, please do that, okay? Her name is Mochi, okay? Ab Never mind. Jesus, Jesus nevertheless acknowledged the request of Mrs. Sebedee. He knew what Mrs. Sebedee wanted, okay? She wanted greatness, position, and power for her kids, just like the rest of the world. Don't you guys want power and position too? Yeah. So Mrs. Sebedee is no different. But Jesus corrected that right away. Jesus knew what's in her heart, and he corrected it by reorienting or redefining what greatness means. So sabi ni Jesus Christ, you know, success and greatness will not come from position and power. Mother dear, you know, he said, Jesus answered, you do not know what you are asking. And that's why in scriptures, he asked, are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? Of course, Mrs. Sebedee had no idea what Jesus was talking about. Neither were the two boys who wanted the position themselves. Oh, by the way, the two boys were saying, go for it, mom. Go for it, mom. Okay? Go for it. And they were equally what? Wanting of the position. Yes or no? But Jesus said, do you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? What cup is Jesus talking about? You know, greatness and possession will not, sorry, greatness will not come from possession or power. Rather, it will come from drinking the cup. This is what Jesus is saying. What cup is he talking about? Let's go to the Garden of Gethsemane. And we know what Jesus was doing before he got crucified. He was asking God, he was praying to God, God, pwede ba? Please spare me. I can't handle this. That's why he said, Father, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. What cup is he talking about? He's talking about a cup of what? Suffering. A cup, a cup of giving away yourself. A cup where you will have to die to yourself and, and do things for others so that others will benefit. That's the kind of cup what Jesus is talking about. And, and you know what? Jesus was in agony. In fact, he was sweating blood at that time. And this was the cup that Jesus was talking about if you want greatness. He, he told Mrs. Sebedee and the children, you want greatness? Drink from this cup. And then, of course, the two boys, okay, didn't understand, but because they wanted position and power, what did they say? We are able. 
<laughs> they didn't even understand that. But you know what? Jesus, Jesus in his goodness, knew exactly that one of these days, they will be discipled and they will know what it means to drink from the cup. You know that all of the disciples and all of the apostles died, right? They were all martyred because Jesus changed them and Jesus gave them a vision that made them all selfless and ready to give up their lives. They were willing to drink the cup when Jesus changed their lives. And Jesus said, sure, my cup you shall drink. So be it. And we know history. They all died. They all drank the cup. And you know, when something happened, when Zebedee, Mrs. Zebedee approached Jesus, look what happened to the other ten. Who are the other ten? There are twelve disciples, right? Right? The two were James and John, the children of Zebedee, and the ten were watching. What did they say? And hearing this, what did they hear? They heard the request, right? Jesus, siya sa left, siya sa kanan, make them your right-hand men and left-hand man. And the ten became indignant with the two brothers. Why do you think they were indignant? <laughs> they wanted the same thing. Because their definition of success is what? Possession and power. The nerve of these guys. What about me? I'm Peter. Right? You know, they, they were indignant because they wanted the same thing. And Jesus right away said, Stop it, stop it, you guys. You don't understand what you're asking for. And Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. It is not this way among you. George, can you hear that? It is not this way among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Greatness defined by Jesus. And I, mothers, I want you to, to see this. Like I said, naturally you want the best for your children. But I want you to see it from the perspective of Jesus so that you can be the greatest mothers that there will ever be. Not possession left on the right. Not lording it over. That's what Jesus says. But what did Jesus say? Keywords, servant, slave, serve, give your life. Whew. Wow. You want greatness? Jesus said, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be what? Your servant. You know, as I read this, I said, as I read this, I see Jesus doing the example, just as the Son of Man did. He did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life. If you want greatness, be a servant, be a slave. Serve, give your life out. And you know, easily, as I was preparing this message, I saw how mothers are naturally like that. Really. Moms, thank you so much, because you're naturally Christ-like. You are willing to give up your life for your kids. You're willing to serve them and even be a slave most of the time. And if, if called for, you will give up your life. I'm sure of that for your children. Clearly, Christ-likeness and motherhood, they're the same. But 
there is something greater. Like I said, mothers naturally are great. But greatness, greatness is Christ-likeness. Selfless humility to the point of death is Christ-likeness. And I submit to you, I submit to you that moms are like Jesus in many ways, and they're great. Moms are great because they're naturally like Christ-like, but I have a proposition to tell you this morning. This is my proposition. Moms, you are greatest when you are holy spiritually Christ-like. What do you mean by that? On your own, you are Christ-like. But can I qualify? Many times only to your children. You're naturally Christ-like, but only to your children. But do you want to be greater still and to be the greatest? We want you to do it to all. Because when you do it to all, you become the greatest mom ever. And you can only do that if you are holy, spiritually Christ-like. What, I'm talking, what am I talking about? Here in this fellowship, many of you have memorized Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 to 8, right? Right? I place it deliberately so small so that you can recite it with me, okay? Those of you who have memorized that, why don't you read Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 8? Okay, let's read that. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. He humbled himself by being obedient, by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Guys, moms, if you want to be the greatest, Joan, you want to be the greatest, right? You will be greatest when you are holy, spiritually Christ-like. What does it mean, Holy Spiritually Christ-like? Philippians 2, 3 to 8. When you are selfless and when you are humble. Not only to your children, but to everyone else. Christ-like humility. So here is my thesis. Selfless and humble moms to the point of death, you're the greatest. You are the greatest. Did you know that Jochebed is one of the greatest moms that ever lived with her great legacy? And why not? Who among you here know Jochebed? The mother of Ulysses? Oh, the mother of Moses. She's a well-read Jochebed. Yeah. You know, did you know that because of her, can you imagine if she did not become Jochebed, one of the greatest mothers. Do you realize we will not be here? <laughs> Look what happened to her, okay? You know, this is her story. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born, every son who is born you, what? Uh, who is born you are to cast into the Nile, and every daughter you are to keep alive. That's the command of the Pharaoh. Why? Because he wanted to limit the population explosion of the Israelites, right? So, if you are a 
an Israelite mother, what would you do? Would you do that? Would you kill your, your son? Jochebed was obviously an Israelite mom. And in Exodus 2 verse 3, but when she could, when she, but when she could hide him no longer, she got him a wicker basket, covered it with tar and pitch, then she put the child into it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. What did she do? She saved Moses, right? You know, instead of killing Moses, he put Moses in a basket and let him into the Nile. And then you know, you know the story. Daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the Nile, and she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid, and she brought it to her. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the boy was crying. And she had pity on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go ahead. And then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away, nurse him. Pharaoh's daughter said to Jochebed, nurse him and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And then verse 10, the child grew and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. And she named him Moses and said, because I drew him out of the water. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the difficulty that Jochebed was facing? You know, she was, she, she, she gave up Moses two times. <laughs> First was when, you know, she, she let her into the basket, give her away. She was actually ready to give her away, but obviously God has a plan. God intervened and God allowed Pharaoh's daughter to take care of Moses. And then God allowed that the same mother would take care of Moses, right? And then what happened? He said, take this boy, nurture him until he grows. And when he grew up, what did the mother do the second time around? He gave him up, okay, so that he will become the prince's daughter, right? And see, you know, obviously something happened in between. There is such, so there's something that Jochebed did in a very special way that made Moses deliver the people. Without Moses, Christianity would not be here, I believe. Okay, if, that, if not for Jochebed, we will not be here because she was faithful as a mom. She sacrificed her, herself and her time just to be able to do what she did for Moses. She trained and taught Moses what Moses needs to learn when he was growing up. And that's why in Hebrews 11.24, we have Moses as part of the Hall of Fame. It says, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Can you imagine that? Moses delivered his people, God's people, out of Egypt into the promised land. But he was, who trained him? Jochebed. When he was still young, God, uh, Jochebed instilled into Moses what he needs to learn. So that when he has grown up, he refused to be Pharaoh's son, but wanted to go to be an Israelite himself to save his people. And that, to me, is an example of a great mother. Another example of greatest moms in the Bible mentioned is this. Lois and Eunice are another example. They, the Bible mentions their great legacy. Who is Lois and Eunice? Anyone? 
Yeah, okay. The mom, okay, you know that, huh? The mom and the grandmom of Timothy. Paul here is saying in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you. He's addressing Timothy. Paul is the one talking. Which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I'm sure that it is in you as well. Can you see the training here happening? From the grandmother to the mother to Timothy. There is what? What you call intentional discipleship happening. The faith is being transferred from one person to another. And then um, in 2 Timothy 3.15, and that from childhood, Timothy, you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Guys, I, I, I would like to, to really emphasize that Christ-like moms, moms who are selfless and humble, are greatest because of the life-changing legacy that they live behind. I'd like to submit to you that all of you moms here have the opportunity not just to be great, but to be the greatest. How then can moms be holy, spiritually Christ-like? There are certain sequences that you have to be aware of. It just doesn't happen automatically. Naturally, you are great, okay, to your children. But for you to be greatest, you have to reach beyond. You have to have spiritual children as well that you can disciple who will disciple others. And here's the sequence. First, first, listen. Have the Holy Spirit dwell in you and fill you by being born again in the Spirit. Many Christians, many Christians think they're born again. And I'm, I'm stepping out on the limb here, okay? And I don't mean to be offensive. But many Christians want to be Christ-like, but they can't be Christ-like. There are mothers who want to be Christ-like, but they can't be Christ-like. They're naturally Christ-like to their children, but when it comes to others, they turn selfish too. If you want to really become the kind of great mother and Christ-like that you ought to be, you ought to be born again because that's the first step. There's no other shortcut. Jesus said, you must be born again and then you will mature. And the Holy Spirit will not be within you unless you are born again. And I know many of you here know that you have been born again in the past. But I'd like you to test. Test your faith and see whether you really are growing and maturing. Because if you're not, then chances are the first step has not happened. And I submit to you that if you want to become the greatest mothers or the greatest fathers or the greatest children that there will ever be, you need to be born again. And you need to understand that you need to have the Holy Spirit fill you up, dwell in you and fill you up first and foremost. Then be discipled. Be discipled towards Christ's likeness. Be discipled towards Christ-like maturity that we define as selfless humility. In this fellowship, we're just simply trying to, to, we're simplifying discipleship. We don't want to complicate it. We want to make Christianity simple. If you want to become more and more like Christ, there's no other way except, number one, to be born again, and number two, have somebody lead you to maturity. Two questions. Are you being discipled? And who are you discipling? And remember, the mothers were natural disciplers. 
They became greatest when they introduced Christ into the picture. Remember Ella, what Ella said? It's not about money, it's not about experience, but it's about Christ who is in you. The same thing with what Wilma said. The same thing with what Mayi said. They all mention something that brings them from being natural mothers to being greater still mothers who are Christ-like and Holy Spirit-filled. But that's not going to happen unless you're born again and you're being discipled. And that's the, that's the challenge that I want to give to mom. Disciple others, your natural and spiritual children towards Christ-like maturity so they do the same to others in a, resulting in a legacy that pleases and honors God. That is the sequence that I would like you to consider for you to become moms who will be greatest. Naturally, mothers are great. And I'd like to end with a video. Naturally, mothers are great. But Christ likely, mothers are greatest. God is pleased. God is honored. God is glorified in your Christ-likeness. Your Christ-likeness will nurture your children towards Christ-likeness that will evangelize the world. I submit to you, selfless, humble mothers are greatest. You are naturally Christ-like, but you can be greater still by being selfless mothers. Pastor, paano ba to? Ayaw eh. Sorry ah. ¿Qué pasó? Mac is a problem. There you go. Right click button. Click now, click.
Happy Mother's Day. Motherhood is pretty much discipleship. And if mothers, if you can put Christ's likeness naturally, spiritually into you, then you can pass it on to your children who will do the same thing to their children. That's discipleship. Happy Mother's Day. And I'd like to add, happy selfless and humble Mother's Day. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for speaking to us again. And I pray, Lord, that you would just touch the hearts of the moms here and make them see how, how strategic, how critical their roles are in our lives. Well, they're naturally, naturally great because they're naturally Christ-like, selfless, and humble to their children. Lord, we pray that they will go beyond that. And if you're a mother and you are here and you want to become Christ-like, to be a discipler of your children, to leave a lasting legacy like Jochebed or Eunice or Louis, the first step is really to be born again. And like I said, there's nothing embarrassing. There's nothing embarrassing to, to check your heart to see whether the Holy Spirit is really there dwelling in you, living in you, and filling you up and controlling you. If at this time you really want to be sure and you're not sure, it is not embarrassing for you to pray. Pray this prayer. Lord God, I want to be the greatest mother to live a legacy for my children. And I, I want to be born again. I want to be sure. And being born again means to know that on my own, I cannot do it. I cannot save myself. And that's why I ask you to come into my life. I want you to save me first so that I can grow and mature to save other people as you allow me to. Save me. Make me born again in the power of your spirit. And I do it right now because I'm not embarrassed because I have, I have a future that I'm looking at and a legacy that I want to leave behind for my children and their children's children. And for those of you who know you're born again and you would like to mature in Christ's likeness, I pray that you heed the call of the Spirit right now and ask the Holy Spirit to lead you to someone who can disciple you who can make you grow in selfless humility to the point of death because this is what is required to grow, to mature, and to impact the lives of the people around you. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you to someone. Want to be discipled 
so that eventually you will disciple others. Father, we just want to thank you for this time when we can look back and really appreciate the moms. Truly, Lord, they are a blessing to us. Bless them. Give the desires of their heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.